everyone. This is the Dorky Diva Show you're listening to, and welcome to the first episode of 2017. This is your host, Savannah Kiefer, and I'm very excited to have my friend Josh on the show this month to discuss Star Wars Rebels. Josh, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. And Josh, you and I have been friends since like the moment I became a Star Wars fan, like a real dedicated <laughs> Star Wars fan, because you and I met at Star Wars Weekends at Disney, like, I think it was in 2011. Is that right? Yeah, that, that sounds about right. I know it was pretty early on in the Clone Wars run. Yeah, so. and I think it was the same year that they brought um, Star Tours, like they reopened Star Tours, and that was definitely 2011. So we met yeah. in line for Dave Filoni because we were going to get his autograph the next day, and I was like the first person in his line. I was there Thursday afternoon, and then you showed up Thursday afternoon right after I did, and we ended up sitting in line next to each other all night, and we basically just talked about Star Wars and the Clone Wars, and... It was really funny because I was getting um, a Plo Koon action figure signed by Dave Filoni. And you were like, oh, you should get James Arnold Taylor to sign it too because he voices him. And I was not super into Star Wars at the time. I was probably just getting that figure signed for <laughs> my brother. Um, so it's yeah. funny. Like you talked to me a lot about the Clone Wars and we talked about the Wolfpack. And that's kind of like when I got into it. Yeah, I don't know if you remember, that was the night actually that Star Tours was opening. Yeah. Um, and so they were reopening Star Tours with all of the new um, different worlds that you can visit. And uh, and so we were out in line. And I think actually, I think that you might have been in Ashley's line, not in uh, in Dave's line. No, but, I was uh, in Dave's. Were because you? I remember okay. um, I had met Ashley the year before. And then I remember she came out at night to like say hi to people in her line and I felt bad because I wasn't in her line oh okay yeah because I I was gonna say that that was the first thing that happened that night which was kind of cool was that Dave Filoni and Ashley Eckstein actually came out and said hi to us and you know thanks for being in our line and and all that so that was kind of cool yeah and then Anthony Daniels came out (laughs) and we were all a little bitter towards him because he wouldn't sign posters or action figures for people the next day he was just going to sign five by sevens and then he asked you why you weren't yeah. in his line and you were like because <laughs> you won't sign my poster <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was a great story so um for those who don't know um at star wars weekends typically when it was there you know rest in peace but um <laughs> when we had star wars weekends typically uh, the actors would sign one item for you. And so if you're asking, you know, why were you up all night talking about Star Wars? We used to have to wait in line overnight to get a, a fast pass ticket uh, to get that autograph. Mm-hmm. And uh, Anthony Daniels, for some reason, because he's Anthony Daniels, I suppose, he decided that he was only going to sign the little black and white photo that they give you um, for coming in, up to his table, which was a big bummer because people had actually flown like from other parts of the country with their stuff to get Anthony to sign. So everyone was really upset. And uh, so, yeah, we were standing there and Anthony Daniels comes up and he points right at me and says, <laughs> you know, why aren't you at my line? And uh, so I just told him, I was like, cause you won't sign my poster. And Anthony said, you'll get your three by five and you'll bloody well like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Walked oh off. my gosh. So he that was, was quite an experience. He was 
a little nice that night though because he did pose for pictures with people. Um, he did. He was joking. It was that typical British. Yeah. British. It was. It was just really funny because I remember when you said that, and I'll never forget that. And I was like, this guy's cool. I want to be his friend. And then we talked about the Clone Wars for a long time. <laughs> and I think that's when you were telling me like about the wolf pack and how cool they are. And you had this like Facebook group called the 601st, wolf I pack. think. Yeah, yeah wolf yeah, pack yeah. fans. Um, so we kind of became friends through that. And then, you know, I became a Star Wars fan primarily through the Clone Wars. So after you like told me about it, I was like, I think I'm going to go back and watch some more of this because I had seen a few episodes before, but I wasn't really um, sucked into it. And then I decided to go back and watch some of the episodes with the wolf pack. And I was like, all right, I'm in. Let's do this. Like, I'm officially into Star Wars now. I remember having long conversations with you that night about just the Clone Wars in general and understanding the mythology of it. Because uh, if I remember right, you were kind of more of a culturally a Star Wars fan. Like your mom's a Star Wars fan, your yeah. brother was into it. And so like you had been around it, but I don't think that you had really like owned it. Like it really right. wasn't your thing yet. And uh, so we were sitting there talking for a long time. And uh, so I remember, I think it was probably the next weekend, um, you coming back and being so excited and, and <laughs> Talked to a bunch about Cad Bane that next week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I love Cad You were Cad really Bane. into Cad Bane. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but it's been cool to see you kind of grow up in your fandom since then. So it's been kind of fun. You're, you were my Jedi master, basically. That's Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I, I guess. Yeah, that's high praise. Thank you. But, yeah, I, I just enjoyed uh, spending time with you. And then we've hung out at the different uh, celebrations and, and different things together yeah. as well. Yeah, so, um, and now Star Wars Rebels is a thing, you know, it's been out for a few years now, and I wanted to talk about this with you, because you obviously love the Clone Wars, it sounds like you love Rebels, and I have a lot of friends that are really, really into Rebels, um, but they just have, like, specific things in Rebels that they like, and it seems like you really enjoy it as a whole, so I wanted to discuss that, and I want to know, like, what was your take on Rebels when it first premiered? Like when you first watched it, what did you think? Because I personally had a hard time comparing it to the Clone Wars. And I want to know, like, was that something you had to deal with too? Yeah, you know, it's not really. Um, with Rebels, I, I really jumped into it pretty quickly. Um, I really had more of an issue with that with the Clone Wars. Um, when the Clone Wars originally came out with the Clone Wars movie, um, I was super excited about it. I went opening night at midnight to go see it with like three other people in the theater. Um, but I was super excited about it and was really disappointed with the first uh, few episodes there that they combined into the movie. Mm -hmm. And it took me a while to get on board with that. Um, I think probably right about the episode Rookies is when I really uh, clicked with the series and felt like it really related you know, to me. And then now the Clone Wars movie, I enjoy it. Um, it's still maybe not my favorite <laughs> of all yeah. of all the uh, Star Wars, but um, I can I can appreciate it now. But yeah, so I think um, it was a lot harder to get into the Clone Wars. But then once I was in, I was in. Um, in fact, I'm looking at I have a, a giant Clone Wars poster right here in my Star Wars room and thinking about mm -hmm. just how much I enjoyed that that series. Um, on the flip side, Rebels, I really liked the aesthetic of it. As soon as I saw the the pre-concept art that they started putting out uh, with the different uh, characters, I really dug the look. I know there was a lot 
um, being made of like the Ralph McQuarrie kind of overtones. They mm-hmm. were kind of going back to some of the designs that Ralph had done. Um, and that was cool. But really for me, I just, for some reason, I really liked the color palette. Like it seemed like yeah. it was just a really neat, um, different look and feel. And it never has really bothered me that the animation style is a little different than the Clone Wars. It's almost seamless to me. Yeah. Uh, I know some people have been like, oh, it's a totally different look. But, um, but yeah, so no, not really. I really bit hard on Rebels. Um, I really liked it from the first episode and I've really enjoyed the series for the most part so far. I enjoyed it from the beginning. Like, I really liked it when it premiered. And I liked, like you said, the color palette that they chose, the animation. Like, I felt like all of it was great. And then the story progressed, and obviously we got into season two. And at I think it was at the end of season one, that's when they brought Ahsoka into the picture. And I yeah. was like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. And I was never really a huge Ahsoka fan in the Clone Wars um, especially when she was really young, I just mm. found her to be annoying. Like I, I just didn't connect with her, but ever since she's been in rebels, like I respect her so much. And I think she's such a cool character because you can see, and you know what she's gone through, like, especially at the end of the clone wars, you know what she had to deal with and you don't really know how she dealt with it after she left the Jedi order, but she's, she, she's seen some pretty bad stuff. So it was really cool that they brought her in to Rebels to, like, interact with some of the characters that have only been in the Rebellion for a very short amount of time. Um, So I liked that. And then, you know, they had the epic season two finale with Vader and Ahsoka. And that, to me, was, like, the highlight of any animated show I've ever seen. And Yeah, it was really good. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I watched that episode probably... 30 times in a row like (laughs) it was so good and then season three came along and I really liked Thrawn and I I've been enjoying um like the different costume changes with the characters but I felt like some of the episodes were just really slow and really stale and then last night's episode came on um Trials of the Darksaber yeah and for anyone that knows me they know that I'm a huge Pre Vizsla fan from the Clone Wars, and they also know that I absolutely love Sabine. So this was like the best of both worlds for me. This was the best of the Clone Wars mythology and the best of Rebels and the character that I love so much. And there was something about this episode that really like stood apart from the rest of the series, I feel like, because um, the music was like, really different and Mm. the focus on the characters was really different i feel like a lot of the rebel episodes just focus on a plot and they just push the characters through the plot but this episode really like just magnetized itself to a character and that's what drove it through the story like the character drove the story and i really liked that and i want to know you just watched it like you freshly just watched it so what did you think of that episode yeah, I just watched it a few minutes before we started recording. I finished it. Um, I loved it. I thought it was great. Kind of like what you said, I love the connection to the Clone Wars. Um, and one of the things that I think is really cool, kind of going back to what we were talking about with Clone Wars versus Rebels, is in the Clone Wars, you really had a chance to see George Lucas's vision for the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Like, you saw him getting to play in that galaxy. And so... 
you know, I know some of it was controversial, like the Mandalorians, you know, being in there directly conflicted with some of the what's now, you know, the legends, but at the time, you know, the expanded universe. Mm -hmm. Um, But I loved the idea of the Mandalorian culture. I thought those episodes were great, especially with Satine and and Obi-Wan and and then Maul being a part of it. Um, You know, it was just really good. And so getting to see some of those things come back uh, in Rebels from the Clone Wars, Mm -hmm. it's been kind of interesting because it's one of those things where you're looking at it and you're thinking to yourself, this is really cool. The best episodes of rebels have been the ones that really have referenced things that happened in the clone wars. Yeah. I mean, even the ones that you just mentioned, you know, the season finale of, of season one, when fulcrum gets revealed as, as being Ahsoka, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're freaking out because of the connection to the clone wars. Then, you know, the season finale and, and I don't know, um, if you remember this moment, I'm sure you do, but at the end of season two, you know, when Vader and, and Anakin are, are fighting and that helmet comes off, yeah. um, and it's Matt Lanter's voice who oh, says Ahsoka. I cried. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, you're just like, oh my goodness. And yeah. I mean, I try to be manly, but come on. Like, I'm like rolling a tear. I'm like, this is amazing because there's so much backstory. There's so much history that carries over from the Clone Wars. I can't imagine... And I, and I have friends that are like this. I can't imagine only having watched Rebels and no. not having watched Clone Wars. It wouldn't it hold feels as much like, weight. No, it feels to me they feel like one show. Like they yeah. feel like just the extension of, of that show. What I think is really cool about Rebels that maybe is different in style to Clone Wars is that in Clone Wars we were kind of jumping around from planet to planet, battle to battle, and and some of that was cool. And, of course, it made sense because it, it's a war and there's multiple mm-hmm. battles. Um, what I've really appreciated about Rebels is it feels like Dave Filoni and company have slowed down the development of the characters and not you know, forced it where a character has to be developed over a four-episode arc and then that character gets dropped. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I'll give you an example. My favorite character – I'm just going to throw this out there. My favorite character in Rebels is, is Zeb. I love Zeb. Really? Um, yeah, I really, really love Zeb. He's probably my favorite, um, you know, one of my favorite car- Star Wars car- characters currently. Um, I've got all everything that's come out that is Zeb. I have it. Um, I really like him. And the reason I like him is partly because he's sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, But also, I-, I love this, like, they started real slowly to talk about this backstory of the Lassa and him being one of the guardians of his people and, and all of those things. Uh, I love that it's a slow buildup where I can wonder, you know, what's going on with that and when are we going to hear that story and right. and not just have that story immediately resolved. the second it's mentioned, it's resolved. Yeah. Right. Uh, and same thing with Sabine. I mean, uh, I'm going to be honest, when she first came out, my first, you know, the first season, I kind of felt like, I mean, the character looks really cool and she's, you know, her armor's awesome and stuff, but like I didn't really feel like she was necessary to mm-hmm. the story. Uh, like, you know, the stories would happen and she would like be flying the ship or like be helping with something, but it was never, she was never a main part of the story, but I'm so glad that they set her up then to be in this episode. We just watched, 
um, you know, such a huge part of not just the story of the characters in Rebels, but it it appears she's going to be a huge part of the story of the Rebellion. Yeah. And so um, I love that. I like the slow burn, the build up, the getting to work through the characters being. I mean, I know some people criticized being on Lothal for the whole first season, but being in a familiar environment and letting the story develop naturally as opposed to, OK, we got to get out of this thing in two episodes so we can go to another part of the right. galaxies. It helps with the storytelling for sure. And that's one thing, like I felt season one was a little slow and a little flat just because they were on Lothal for so long and you're fixated on the same characters for so long. But now that we're in season three and you can see all of the growth and development that these characters have had, it's apparent at like how they needed that time because we didn't know who these people were. Whereas like when we went into the Clone Wars, we knew who Anakin was. We knew who Obi-Wan was. We knew who clone troopers were. But going into Rebels, it was like, who the heck is Kanan? Like, who's Hera? Who are these people? What are they doing? Where do they come from? What's their backstory? And so you're right. Like, they did need that time to really grow and develop. And I've personally had a hard time with Rebels focusing on the same group of characters every season because I miss the diversity within the Clone Wars. Like, some arcs would be about clone troopers and then some arcs would be about the death watch and then some arcs would be about cad bane and bounty hunters and i really like that because i love star wars and i love everything in star wars but obviously i have favorite parts about star wars and sure. like clone troopers are my favorite thing you know so <laughs> i loved getting episodes that were completely centralized around them so i miss that part of clone wars because they really catered to like every fans interest I feel like you know and in Rebels I don't know if we get as much of that but I think it's really cool that they have brought in Clone Wars not like or characters that are not only from Clone Wars but also from like the original trilogy and we've seen yeah. Leia and we've <laughs> seen Lando and now we're gonna see Obi-Wan soon and I think that's so cool because it ties everything together and the clone wars was great because it connected so closely with the prequels but we still had this huge gap after the clone wars you know and it like it did connect us to um episode three but then you had this giant gap so it fit perfectly between those little things and i i like that rebels is like filling a gap now it really connects with the prequels and the original trilogy. And I remember when they brought in Lando, I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And <laughs> they got Billy D to voice him. So it's even better. And it sounds obviously just like him. So I like that they're doing that. And I also really like that they put several rebels, Easter eggs into rogue one. Yeah, that was, that was super cool. And, um, and that's what's really neat about the connectivity now within the star Wars universe um, you know, obviously the same guys who are writing, um, the story arcs for rebels are involved in rogue one involved in the force awakens and episode eight and all, all that. Um, so one, of, I mean, one of my biggest, uh, you know, kind of geek out loud moments was definitely seeing chopper yes. in rogue one and also seeing the ghost, even in the tra trailer, yeah. um, you know, seeing the ghost and just going, Oh my goodness. And, um, and of course, we all, you know, heard David Collins uh, as the PA announcer, yeah. uh, you know, paging uh, General Syndulla. Yeah. So, and a lot of people yeah. were wondering if that was actually Hera. And then Dave Filoni was like, yep, it's her. <laughs> right. And well, everybody... we know she makes it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is awesome. So. 
but it, it makes you wonder like how far they'll go with these characters. Like you said, now we know Hera makes it, but I mean, Kanan is blind now. <laughs> I was really surprised that they is went he that though? Far. It seems it seems like he can see perfectly fine. <laughs> Have but, you noticed that? Like in the last couple episodes? Yeah, I. It's weird because a lot of I've seen a lot of people comment on the fact that he doesn't have cybernetic eyes. Like obviously, Commander Wolf had a cybernetic eye. Why can't Kanan get cybernetic eyes? Um, so I've seen a lot of discussion on that. They're expensive. They're they're super expensive. <laughs> That's and why. I think I've seen other. It may have been Dave Filoni. I can't remember. Somebody commented and said, "I guess he wants to rely more on the Force rather than." actually seeing things and i think you're right it was like he adapted a little too quickly maybe well um, not even just quickly but just like sometimes like he seems to be reacting to facial expressions yeah like sabine gives him kind of a look in this last episode and he goes what you know that's like wait oh, I yeah you, i didn't even I mean, notice that yeah like i'm thinking maybe she you know i guess you could you could rationalize it like he felt her emotion right. you know through the force but it was kind of Weird, because she looks at him and he reacts to the facial expression. Right, right. I think it's interesting, though, that they went pretty far with that, like with his character, because that was really emotional. Like at the end, after it happened, I was like, oh my gosh, like what's going to happen to him now? And then at Celebration London, they dropped the trailer for season three, and I was like reminded of the fact that he doesn't have eyes. I was like, oh, right. Like he got his face slashed open. Like that actually happened. Right. So, um, that was pretty crazy. I want to know what you think of Thrawn because I I don't know if we've ever talked about this before, but I'm not sure if you were like a big EU fan. Um, yeah, huge, huge okay. EU fan. Yeah, so what do you think I, I of read Thrawn? most of them. Yeah, it's been cool um, to have him for sure. Um, it was super exciting to see him in the trailer uh, coming in out of uh, Celebration in London. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I read most, if not all of the, of the expanded universe. Uh, I might've skipped a few of the weird prequel horror books, but <laughs> for the most part, I've read most of them. Um, and I really like Thrawn. I think he's a great, um, character that they developed in the books. And so I was really excited to see him come into the show. I, honestly, I, I really haven't felt like he's really made much of an impact yet in yeah. the show. Um, I also, you know, they've made some aesthetic choices and some slight tweaks in his character from, from the books, but mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see, um, if there's going to be a payoff. I just don't feel like the crew would have brought him in unless they're going to use what makes him amazing. And that's his incredible intellect and his ability to predict, you know, what the enemy is going to do. Um, I don't know if you know, but generally he he does that through studying their art. Mm -hmm. And so he studies the art of his opponents, and that's how he gets insight into predicting what they are going to do. But it does seem – and they've they've hinted at that with Hera and the the statue from her home world. And uh, I'm sure they're going to hint at that more with Sabine and her art. But um, I'd like to see – I guess I'd like to see him have a victory. One of the things that Dave Filoni had mentioned in the first season of Rebels is, yes, we're going to have some Vader, but we can't have Vader every single week because at the end of every single episode, you can't have Vader shaking his fist at the sky and going, those darn Rebels uh, got me again. And I kind of feel like Thrawn has almost kind of taken that role so far uh, as like getting a foiled every time. I'd like to see him 
have a victory that matters mm-hmm. uh, and has emotional weight. Uh, because right now it seems like the Rebels crew doesn't like him, but they don't really have any reason to hate him the way they did with the Inquisitor or the way that they did even with the the other Inquisitors that came. Right. Uh, because those, you know, were emotional cost. You know, people died. So I want to see that happen. I wonder how much they're holding back because I feel like an epic season finale would end with Thrawn like totally demolishing the rebels or just like, you know, doing something insane. And like you said, they haven't really done anything super drastic with him lately. So it makes me wonder like if they have that in the works. Um, But then we, now we know that Obi-Wan is going to be showing up. Yeah. Yeah. Towards the end, I'm sure. I'm sure that will be the season finale. And it's not it's not James Arnold Taylor. It's so I sad. Know. I know. I was uh, really sad when I saw that, but I heard the voice and I was like, Okay, Steven Stanton did a really good job. Like I'll give it to him. Yeah. No, but it's it good. Is, I'm sure it's, it's gonna sad. be good. But yeah, I mean both of us got a good chance to get to know James over the years at Star Wars Weekends. He's so sweet. And he's such a nice guy. And so I was really bummed. Honestly, I was just bummed. I, I like Steven Stanton, too. I think he's going to do a fine job. And his old Obi-Wan is great. Sounds a lot like Alec. But it just, um, I was super sad because I've been enjoying the reunion yeah. um, voiceovers coming from the Clone Wars cast. And um, that Clone Wars cast, it just felt like we knew them so well. It's like a family, uh, too. It is. Yeah. And then to have him not get to come in. I think he was a little upset. I don't know if he saw his his YouTube video. He said, I yeah, I was, I was upset, you know? Aww. Uh, yeah. Oh, that Go ahead and check so that out. Sad for him. Yeah, he is. He yeah. actually took a break from Twitter cause he was upset from oh not having gosh. been cast. But, uh, you know, um, I think it'll be cool. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how much they want to play with that character because mm-hmm. I don't know that you can take him off Tatooine and still make it all right. line up with, uh, Rogue One even cause in Rogue One, you know, exactly. Bale is not like, hey, Obi-Wan, who was just here last week helping us fight <laughs> right. Empire. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. Did you get a chance? I don't know how much you've read of the EU, but have you? did you get a chance to read the Obi-Wan novel that came out a few years ago? No, I have it, and I just have not read it. Um, okay. I don't know what yeah, it's the really deal good. is with me. Like, I try to read all the time, and I'll get <laughs> like about like 50 pages into a book and I'm like, okay, I'm bored. Like what's next? So I, I think I might need to get it on an audiobook. I think listening to audiobooks are better for me than actually reading. Mm-hmm. And that's why I haven't like read a lot of the EU because when that stuff was popular, like it wasn't accessible to get an audiobook on your iPhone because iPhones weren't even around, right. you know? So, sure. um, now I'm like really trying to get into more reading, especially since I'm done with school and classes and I can actually read for pleasure. So I read um, Dark Disciple not too long ago, which was okay. about, you know, Ventress and Quinlan Voss, And I really enjoyed that. And then I also read, um, God, what was the other one? I started Ahsoka, Lords of the right? S- oh, I re- yeah, I read Ahsoka. And then I started Lords of the Sith, but I have not finished that one yet because I got it yeah. as an actual book and not an audiobook, And I think I need to get it as an audiobook. Um, Lords of the Sith has some great tie-ins with Rebels. That's what I've heard, and I've heard it kind of helps with some story ties in Rogue One as well. Um, yeah, a little, a little. So yeah. I definitely want to keep reading that, and then the Thrawn book comes out in April. So For sure. I want to check that out as just like a refresher to kind of like 
start fresh with Thrawn since I, I know a lot about his character, but I have not read the Thrawn trilogy. I think I read the first one like years and years and years ago, but I don't remember much of it. And so I don't really know a lot about his character like many other Star Wars fans do. So mm-hmm. I want to read the new Thrawn book. Um, but Yeah, I think when they redid um, Heir to the Empire, they came out with a 25th anniversary edition of it. Mm-hmm. And I think when they did that, they went back and redid the audiobooks with um, oh. one of the guys. I can't, I can't remember his last name. His first name is Mark. I think it's Mark Thompson. Okay. He does uh, some of the Star Wars books, and he is probably my favorite audiobook reader. Okay. Um, and typically I read the books not listen to them but occasionally i have listened to them and uh so he he went back and i think redid the thrawn series with the dramatic kind of reading so you might want to check that out check that out yeah i'm excited that they asked timothy zahn to do the new thrawn book though i feel like that would be super sad if somebody else wrote that book like it's sad that james arnold taylor isn't voicing obi-wan but it, it sort of makes sense because his Obi-Wan voice is very similar to Ewan McGregor and Stephen Stanton obviously can do a good Alec Guinness voice. Um, yeah. But if Timothy Zahn was not asked to write the Thrawn book, that would be pretty sad. <laughs> I've got a great Timothy Zahn story. Um, have you ever got to meet Timothy? Um, I've seen him before. I don't think I've ever like met him in person and like said hi, but I've seen him a bunch okay. before. He is the nicest guy. Um, such a sweet guy. And uh, it was kind of cool. A few years ago in 2010 at Star Wars Celebration in Orlando, um, I got to meet him. And he actually sat at a table with me. We were at uh, a dinner. It was uh, the the night before Celebration started. And I was um, one of the the VIP uh, passes. And so there was like a little party beforehand. And uh, Timothy and his wife sat with us. And he was super, super nice. And... um, we were talking about his books and I've actually read some of Tim Zahn's books outside of star Wars. I really like his style. And, um, so we were talking about it and then, uh, he asked me, um, if I was going to get any books signed from him. And I said, yeah, I was having a hard time picking which one I had brought a whole bunch of them, but the rule was, uh, he was going to be signing books, but it was only one book per person. And, uh, so he goes, Oh, you know what? Meet me down in the lobby of the hotel tomorrow morning for breakfast and I'll sign all of your books. Oh my gosh. And so, yeah. So the next morning we met down in the hotel lobby and I brought a whole box of like probably 20 books and he signed them all for me personally, you know, personalized them all. And, uh, and I bought him a cup of coffee. So yeah, he's a super, super nice guy. That is so sweet. Yeah. So I, I couldn't be happier for him to get to to dip wow. back into the Star Wars universe. The, it's so funny. His personality cracks me up because he just seems not, I'm trying to think of the right word. Hmm. I don't know how to say this without like sounding rude. I'm just going to say it. just kind of like <laughs> mo- maybe a little monotone, just like to himself yeah. a little bit. And yeah, so yeah. whenever, <laughs> whenever they unveiled in London that he would be writing the Thrawn book, he was just like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't be there um, at Celebration. I'm writing my new book, Thrawn. And everybody was like, right. oh, my God. Like, I did not expect that <laughs> at all. I was expecting him to say something like not even Star Wars related. And then he was just like, Thrawn. That's so, so cool. I was really Yeah, he, I think I think writers are like that, though. Every writer I've ever met is just a little awkward. And I think it's because you're sitting, you know, you're sitting in a dark room by yourself typing every day. So. Yeah. 
you know, he just get to be a little like that. But yeah, he's a great, really nice guy, and uh, his wife's real nice too. That's really nice that he did so, that. Yeah, I think yeah. it's. I think it's cool that they brought Thrawn into Rebels, but I'm I'm still waiting for Cad Bane to make his debut. Like, mm-hmm. where has mm-hmm. he yeah. been? Where has he been? Right. We know he's alive. He is one of the best Star Wars characters ever. People love him. Like, they've got to be saving him for Rebels. Please. Please. Yeah, you'd think. I mean, Hondo's been in it like 400 times so yeah. far, right? Yeah. Uh, so you'd think, uh, you know, it makes sense. Um, I wonder if that will come as the Sabine story develops. Um, because when you think Mandalorians, you think Bounty Hunter. And, oh, my God. Could you see if they fought each other? I would, I yeah. would cry so hard. Well, and here's another oh. one, too. Where's Where's Boba? Yeah. You know, where's Boba Fett? Is he going to be, you know, somehow in a storyline with Cad Bane? Because remember, I, I think the last time we saw them, weren't they kind of forming an alliance I think together? so. Yeah. There and were a lot I of think, bounty hunters involved with each other at the end there. Yeah. At the end there, they were kind of like, hey, we're going to kind of do this together and we're going to be kind of this group. So, and uh, we don't see him in Empire, you know, which makes me think he might not have uh, made it to Empire. But, yeah. we do. You know, there's definitely their story to be told there. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Let me ask you. I know we're talking about Clone Wars characters and Rebels. Um, the episode where Captain Rex comes back. And uh, that, by the way, um, at Celebration Anaheim, <laughs> there was the trailer uh, for Force Awakens. And everyone was excited about that. And then there was but the, the Rebels tra- trailer. There was the Rebels trailer that completely stole the show, in my mind, with the uh, Captain Rex uh, line there. You can call me Rex. The place went insane if you were there live. I remember Um, I was in that room and I remember when that happened and I, I like jumped forward out of my seat and like threw my hands over my mouth and just (laughs) screeched like somebody, if somebody was sitting in front of me, they probably thought I had just been shot and I was dying. I think I was sitting (laughs) near you because I think I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. It it was crazy. I mean, when they said this, uh, the name is Rex, I mean, the place just went nuts. So and cool. um, so here's my question. Rex has obviously been in the last couple episodes. He was in the Saw Gerrera episodes, which we can talk about in a second if you want. But um, Wolf was in that initial episode. And he kind of had a weird um, oh, story arc side of that. I with this. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. So I wanted to get your opinion on like that whole story arc and also where is wolf like the um it yeah. was was it wolf and who was the other uh gregor the clone? gregor right i wanted to say that i didn't want to be wrong um wolf and gregor they're in that initial arc and then we never see them again but rex seems like he's almost part of the ghost crew so what's going on see, there i'm gonna go way back for a second and talk about wolf because you've known me for a long time you know i'm obsessed with him um okay. i love wolf in the comic in the Clone Wars comic series that he was in because he like put his life on the line for his Jedi master. And he was committed to keeping an eye out for Plo Koon and he was not going to leave until Plo Koon was there with him. You know, he wasn't just going to leave him stranded on this place left to die. And that's one thing I really liked about him as a clone trooper was that he could have easily followed orders and left and, he, you know, just could have been like, oh, there, there'll be another Jedi. You know, like, I can serve another Jedi. doesn't matter. But he was like, no, this is my, you know, commander. This is who, or my general. This is who I'm going to pay attention to. I'm going to take care of him. And I loved him all throughout Clone Wars until the ending when Ventress kicked his butt. I was like, 
I know mm. Ventress is cool. Like, I get that. But I was personally upset that that happened. I was like, he's so much cooler than that, and he's like a fighter. <laughs> so I was upset about that. And then when they brought him in to Rebels, I was ecstatic. I was like, oh my gosh, this is my favorite character. He's back. And then they didn't really do anything with him. And they kind of made him a traitor. He's obviously suffered from PTSD. Yeah. And yeah, it's important to like show the real the real world side of those effects that war has on you. So I'm fine with his character going down that avenue. But then they didn't really do anything with him after that. And so you're right. Yeah. Like Rex has been hanging with the crew. And it's like, where the heck did Gregor and Wolf go? And I haven't really I mean, gone did back. They go back to... Did they go back to fishing for worms or? Yeah, you I know, don't know. What was that? And it's like how I'm sure Gregor and Rex and Wolf lived together for so long that they just functioned together and that was their daily life. And they probably relied on each other for important things that they needed throughout the day, you know. And then it's like when one of those important elements of your team leaves, how are Gregor and Rex getting along? Because Gregor's insane. Wolf obviously is suffering from PTSD. Rex seemed like the only one that had his crap together to like keep them focused. So are they dead? Like, I don't think they can well, survive. <laughs> and this season, there's been so much um, of Rex encountering battle droids. It's happened twice now mm -hmm. um, where, you know, there's some old Clone War battle droids, you know, uh, being fought that one episode. And then uh, the Sagrera episode um, I felt like, you know, Wolf and Gregor could have really been in that, you mm -hmm. know, and been part of that. And there could have been some redemption for Wolf there. Right. Uh, for, you know, maybe he's gotten some help. Maybe he's seen uh, seen a, re a rebellion's uh, psychiatrist or whatever. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> um, you know, there could have been some redemption there. It just seems weird to me that you introduce those characters and every other character has gotten, you know, uh, to come back except for except for those guys yeah i agree i think that's really weird and i think it's just a huge missed opportunity or they shouldn't have even put them there in the first place mm. you know um maybe they'll bring them back later on i think it would be really cool because I, I really like those two characters and that that did upset me when they didn't really use them a lot um since i love clones i'm like i want more just give me more clones you know <laughs> Um, right. yeah, so I thought that was kind of weird, but I do want to talk about Saw because, okay. um, right now in my life, I am obsessed with Rogue One. And like mm. I said, you know, I love Rebels, but there's just something missing in Rebels for me. And with Rogue One, that movie to me was absolutely flawless. I loved it. The only thing that I did not like in the movie, which didn't detract from me enjoying it. So I still think the movie's flawless, but the one thing that if I could improve on it would have been Saw's character. Um, mm. I never really connected with Saw in the Clone Wars because he was only around for a few episodes. You know, it was a really short amount of time. We didn't get to know him for too long. And then they put him in Rogue One. And I was like, what the heck? Like, why are they picking this character, you know? And I didn't, I didn't like him at first in Rogue One because I felt like his voice was just way overdone. He was just <laughs> like, did you come here to kill me? And I just felt like it was so... Burgullet. <laughs> yeah, it was just too much. Um, yeah. And I know he's a little crazy, so that makes sense. But there's just something about it that was a little weird to me. It didn't seem like a Star Wars character. But when they had him in Rebels, he was a lot more calm. He was a lot more 
a little more logical, we'll say. And I enjoyed him in Rebels. So obviously there's something major, I feel like, that happened between Rebels and Rogue One to even to develop his character even more. Um, yeah. So I'm glad they did put him in Rebels because it made me feel a little more sympathetic to his character in Rogue One because I was like, okay, I may not like him in this movie, but he's probably gone through a lot. And now that we see, you know, in Rebels what he's dealt with and obviously he misses his sister, you know, that affects you a lot, I'm sure. I like that they brought him in there. Um, what did you think about that? And, and how did you feel about him in Rogue One? Because I know a lot of people that didn't really care for him in Rogue One. And then I know some people that absolutely loved him. And like, where are you on that scale? Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I loved Rogue One. Um, I thought it was fantastic. Um, as much as I liked Force Awakens, I think I like Rogue One better. Oh, me too. Um, I've just really, really enjoyed it um, a lot. I, I, I would say as far as Saw goes, um, I was super, super excited to have Saw be in the movie when they announced it. And um, because it felt like the first time that the movies were really going to connect to the animated series in a way where the Clone Wars was going to get to influence the movies instead of vice versa. And I was super excited about that. And in the trailer, uh, the part where Saw says, save the rebellion, save the dream. I mean, that was like Mm -hmm. the coolest part of the trailer to me. I loved that Mm -hmm. because the idea of Anakin training saw to be a rebel basically and then saw turning around and rebelling against the empire you know with anakin as darth vader just was such a cool poetic thing and what i liked about him in rogue one you know he's lost limbs he's got mechanical legs uh he's really kind of the anti-vader in a lot of ways you know they've both been through this war they've both you know lost people they've both had this happen uh they're both more machine now than man um you know even though you know Darth Vader's breathing seems constant and saw can can wait you know a few minutes between you know mechanical breaths uh but it affected them both in different ways um you know obviously Vader uh deals with his you know what he's done and his pain in one way and and saw seems to to deal with it um by continuing to rebel continuing to do what he was good at which i think is interesting even a a callback to force awakens where you know uh princess leia you know is talking to han and basically she says you know i went back to the only thing i was ever good at um you know same thing with saw you know it's like he was good at rebelling on under on rebelling on onderon and uh, he's going to be good at, at rebelling now. I really liked his character in Rogue One. I wish we had seen more of it. Um, and I think some of it definitely got cut when the reshoots and edits happened. Um, do you remember in the trailer there was a, a line of dialogue where he says, I, I'm assuming to Jin, where he's like, what will you do when they break you? What? Uh, what will you do when they find you? Who will you become? Yeah, that was so um, cool. It was great in the trailer, and and there's so much in the trailers that didn't make it into the movie that that's super sad. But um, I think there was more intended. This is just my theory. I don't have any special knowledge of it, but I think that there was more intended for Saw's character to help develop uh, the character of Jin to show, um, you know, this is the path Jin could end up going if she continues to pursue her agenda, and that mm-hmm. she 
looked at that and said, no, I'm going to walk away from that. Right. Uh, I'm going to keep my head down. And uh, there's that great line where he says, you could stand to see the imperial flag fly across the galaxy. And she said, it doesn't matter much if you if you keep your head down. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah she saw that extreme side of the rebellion. I think that that's really cool. In Rebels, I'm just going to be honest, there's two things that really threw me off. One, they went back to the to the eyes in Rebels that they used in Clone Wars for Saw mm-hmm. that he doesn't have in the movie. Right. That that like blue, I guess you could say blue green kind of striking mm-hmm. eye mm-hmm. Uh, color, which really bothers me. I don't know why that bothers me so much. Yeah, because but, it's not it doesn't it's not continuous, you know? It's yeah. there's a break in continuity there. So it, it should bother like, you. They don't look the same uh, at all. And so mm-hmm. that really bothers me. That bothers me. I feel like if they were going to bring him into uh, Rebels, they should have just went ahead and went with the, the kind of browner color eyes or that he has. they could have put contacts in Forrest Whitaker's eyes. I mean, that's an easy yeah. fix. <laughs> yeah, I know. So that's really weird to me that they did that. The second thing is I was pretty excited when I heard that Forrest Whitaker was actually going to do the voice mm-hmm. for Rebels because I was like, wow, that's really cool. They're going to have to do it. And to me, it did not sound at all like okay. the saw that we saw in Rogue One. Yes. I wanted to talk about this because I watched the episode last night and then I watched it again today. And I was going to ask you, I was going to be like, I heard that they had Forrest Whitaker do this voice, but it didn't sound anything like him to me. Like, no, it, it didn't, didn't sound like Saw. And I wonder if for Rogue One, if they planned on doing more development with Saw while Jin was still a child. Because in the Visual Dictionary, which was obviously finished before the movie was, he has a cybernetic foot and a regular foot. And he looks very different. And so I wonder if that was the version they were going to show kind of in maybe the beginning of the movie. And then when we saw him again, like he lost a leg or, you know, another leg. So I think there's a little break in his character and a lot of things don't make sense. Um, yeah. And I agree with the whole eye thing in Rebels because I noticed those things too. And it seems like such a small error and a lot of people can overlook that. And, and I can overlook it. Like it's not going to ruin mm-hmm. Star Wars for me. No. But it's just a simple fix. You know, they could have either kept his eyes the same color as they were in Rogue One or they could have put contacts in him in Rogue One just to keep that seamless. Um, so it's odd that they didn't do that. Well, you know, in 10 years... Uh, they'll re-release Rogue One. <laughs> they'll do the special with edition. The, the special edition. Yep. <laughs> and Saul will have blue eyes and Greedo shirt first, and you know, yeah. it'll it'll you know it'll be rectified. Exactly. Even even in just the scene, even in just the scene um, when you have Jin as a little girl and she's hiding in the cave, and that um, I don't know what the term for it would be. I guess the mantle cover mm-hmm. pops up, and you see. Uh, saw if he had just even had the blue blue eyes then mm-hmm. I could have in my mind I could have retconned and said oh when they were fixing his legs he lost the color in his eyes because he lost too much blood or something right. you know, like something could have been made up there it. yeah I could have sure. made something up in my head to tell myself that it was okay right. but it was just really it was right. just really weird I feel like they could have left the blue eyes in the Clone Wars and switched in Rebels and no one would have cared mm-hmm. as much. Um, but they definitely, that was just a weird thing. And like you said, he did not sound in rebels at all. No, like he sounded in Rogue one. And, uh, to the point where I had to, I literally double checked when the credits rolled that Forrest Whitaker did it. Cause I was like, maybe I misunderstood that. Maybe, 
Yeah. You know, because um, I definitely thought I'd heard that it was Forrest Whitaker and it just didn't sound the same. But I also got to say, they, you know, benefit of the doubt, they maybe they hadn't heard the final uh, yeah. edits and, and so on and so forth. And I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense that there might have been um, some sequences shot with the younger saw. Um, did you read the Catalyst book? No, it's on my list though. I have it um, okay. on an audiobook. I just haven't gotten to it yet. I won't. I won't spoil anything for you. But Saw is in that. Okay. And um, so we get a little bit of frame of reference as to what he's been doing between, even between Clone Wars and Rebels. Oh wow! Uh, so check that out, and uh, it's really interesting. It ties. That book ties really well into Rogue One. If you I, liked Rogue One, you've got to read Catalyst. I've heard nothing but good things about Catalyst, and that's why I'm really yeah. excited to read it. I just need to read it with a clear mind. All, I think I need to finish Lords of the Sith first before jumping into Catalyst. Just, it's a hard read. Like I'm going to be honest with you. It's really? not a super exciting story. There's nothing in it that you're like, oh my goodness, like that's amazing. But mm -hmm. it really sets up the character of Galen Erso. Okay. Uh, and you you feel so I read it before the movie, mm -hmm. and so I like when I see him and Krennic on screen for the first time, I have this incredible backstory from the book in my head, and it made little things in the movie mean so much more. Yeah. So that's what you want out of one of those kind of books. Yeah, you know? it's the little things that add up into big things. Mm -hmm. Have you watched A New Hope since Rogue One? <sighs> yes, I watched it the next day, actually. After I saw <laughs> yeah. Rogue One for the first time, I watched A New Hope and Empire. And it just, like, it, like, changes everything. Because mm -hmm. it makes the stakes so much higher whenever you see what Vader did to all of those rebel troopers. And you know, like, how close they were to getting you know those plans intercepted again so oh gosh i love rogue did one i could talk about rogue one all the time <laughs> did you see the thing about um in the briefing room in a new hope the director's chair is empty yes and that's because credit's so dead cool. yeah because that was oh, in man. was that in um that was in the video with pablo and matt martin and leland chi right I don't know if I saw that video. I just noticed it oh. <laughs> watching the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> they just did, StarWars.com just did a video with Andy Gutierrez hosting and Pablo and Matt and Leland from the story group were on the, basically the panelists, you know, talking about um, Rogue One and all the Easter eggs in it. And that, I think that was something they discussed in that video. Um, hmm. okay. So I thought I'll that was really cool. have to go back really and cool. watch that. Yeah, they just discussed yeah. a lot of the Rogue One Easter eggs and then I think they talked about that. Um... And then, you know, Rebels Recon just came after um, last night's episode. So I love Rebels Recon. I think it's great. Yeah. No, it's great to get to watch some of those things and um, get, you know, get some answers. Sometimes it's a little goofy, but it's fun, um, you know, but get some answers uh, about some stuff. And I like that they, they go ahead and anticipate what our questions are going to be yeah. uh, with that. It's I think nice. the whole Chopper sequence was really funny because whenever they showed him, like, going and coming back from London, I just assumed it was for celebration. And like mm. now we know it was for Rogue One. And I just love that. It's so cute. Did you hear too that Matt Martin's actually the guy who drove them on the set? Yes. That's another thing this. they talked about in that video. And he was like, it was so stressful because there's like 30 different people running around Chopper. And I'm like trying not to bump him into anything or anybody. And I was like, geez, you would never think that for 
like a two second long cameo that <laughs> it would be so difficult to maneuver him, you know, but obviously there was a lot going on on the set during that scene, but that's really cool that he got to do that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just that connective tissue. It just makes rogue one even more fun yeah. um, watching it. And because the rebels stuff matters to me, I know not every fan's going to pick up on it and I know not every fan watches rebels and I have friends who like the clone wars who don't like rebels. And I have people who don't, didn't like the Clone Wars. You do like Rebels. Um, I know it's it's kind of you know uh, mixed feelings, but my feelings on it are this: I love Star Wars. I love Star Wars stories, and in any way that I can um, take in those stories, I'm going to enjoy it mm-hmm. uh, to an extent. And so for me, I've always just loved it. I love having weekly Star Wars to look forward to. Um, I love all of that, and then to have it connect in with a major motion picture that I can sit and watch and go, I know what that is. And I know what this is. And, um, those come from, it just, it makes you feel like you get a a broader understanding of, of the universe. And I'm really, really interested to see where they go with rebels because, um, the cool thing about rebels and make it where it differs from the clone wars is that we don't know. Um, you know, like clone wars always had a set ending point. Like it was going to end with revenge of the Sith. And, you know, Anakin's going to become Darth Vader. No matter what happens in Clone Wars, <laughs> Anakin's going to become Darth Vader and Obi-Wan's going to cut his legs off and right. scream, you were my brother, and, you know, all that that's going to happen. Right. Um, whereas in this one, I'm really interested to see what happens. Like some of these characters, like I really, like I said, I really like Zeb a lot. I'm really interested to see what happens with Ezra. Mm-hmm. Um and one thing I noticed about Ezra is, is sometimes he can come off as kind of brash and um, almost annoying at times with his like overconfidence. Uh, I noticed in this last episode, uh, the Darksaber episode, he, he really lightened up and seemed to have he was very more pleasant. Of a personality. <laughs> very pleasant in the last episode. I think a lot of people noticed that because I agree, like sometimes he gets on my nerves, but I think it's the same, maybe the same similarities with the reasons why I didn't like Ahsoka. In the, begin- in the beginning of the Clone Wars, so I still have hope that I'll end up really liking Ezra, and obviously he's maturing and he's learning a lot more with every episode that we see. So, mm-hmm. but I agree. I, I noticed in this last one he was like a lot more understanding, and he wasn't so like full of himself. Um, My favorite line in this last episode from Ezra was when uh, they finished their practice with the fake lightsaber things, and. Uh, Kanan tells Ezra to go unload the supplies and he says I won shouldn't she be the one who yeah. unloads the supplies and I thought that was so funny because that sounds exactly like someone who's like 16 would say it's like right? an, it's like, like a brother sister thing too like if my brother right? and I had done that you know it would have been the same exchange <laughs> right but it just felt like such a teenage thing like hey I don't want to do that like, yeah. I won you know it was just I liked that I felt it felt authentic it felt like it felt like it almost might have come out of out of the voice actors and not necessarily been in the script because it was just it felt so real. Yeah. Uh, in that moment, but um, yeah, I really enjoyed the way that he was a little bit late, more laid back, and um, and how he was just kept making comments about like, <laughs> oh, I never understand what Kanan's saying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. That stuff to Sabine. Um, so my question for you then about Sabine is, where do you think this is going? I mean, we saw a uh, a little clip 
of the next episode. But where do you think this is going? This I, story. I want to know who exactly her family is, um, and I'm not sure if that's something they'll reveal. And I don't even know if her family is of any significance. I think it would be really cool if she was related to someone that we know. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's Bo-Katan. I know a lot of people were thinking that her mother yeah. could be Bo-Katan. I just, I just don't think that is the case. I really don't. Oh. Um, and I, I don't really know who her mom or dad could be. She looks so different from many of the Mandalorians that we saw in the Clone Wars. You know, she has dark hair, her skin is kind of tan, and Pre Vizsla was blonde, you know, fair skin. Bo-Katan was a redhead, fair skin. So I don't really know where she fits into that whole dia- dynamic. But I think mm. it would be really interesting if she was related to someone that we know. Um, and I, I hope they continue to keep diving into her backstory. Um, mm. and, you know, we know a lot about her history now, but I want, like, specifics. Um, yeah. I want to know even more. And that preview for the next episode that'll come out in February, I thought that was really cool because they showed some more Mandalorians and their armor was very similar to hers. Like there was another female Mando and it was the same set of armor that Sabine has, only it was white and gray instead of all colorful, you know, whereas Mm -hmm. the other Mandos that we've seen in the show so far are very, um, very similar to like Boba Fett's armor, which is different than Sabine's. And they were even, Mm. you know, even more different than Boba Fett. It was, like, just completely different. Yeah. So it's interesting, like, does this person know Sabine well? Like, did they get their armor at the same time? Like, what is this whole deal? So They shop at the same store. Right. They they both shop (laughs) at the same store. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I'm excited to see, like, what happens with that. I don't really know like where exactly I want the story to go, but I definitely want more specifics on her backstory for sure. And did like, you, did you, sorry, did you catch in the last, uh, in the last, uh, couple lines there when she was talking to Kanan, how she talked about how the empire used her weapons against yeah. her people. And then when she said he want, they wanted to destroy worlds and they destroyed mine. Yeah. Um, uh, I thought that was interesting cause I don't, I, number one, I don't think she means her her physical world. I think she means her her emotional world. Right. Right. Um, but also, is there going to be some sort of tie to the Imperial Advanced Research Weapons Division or whatever they're calling yeah. it um, with Rogue One? Is there going to be some sort of was was Sabine maybe on Scarif or Edu or oh, part of one of those? That would be awesome. And well, it would make sense, right? It would make sense, and I think things like that are going to happen because in that video from StarWars.com with the story group team, they were saying that, okay, there were Rebels Easter eggs in Rogue One, but now you're going to see Rogue One Easter eggs in Rebels. Like, it's going to go backwards, sort of. Um, let, let, let me just Let me just speculate on this. How cool would it be to see her having been part of that advanced weapons decision and the guy who convinces her to defect is is Galen. Oh my gosh! Because think about he does that with Bodhi. Yeah. Right. Bodhi says he told me, you know, I have to stand up for what's right, and I have to, you know, do what's right in the face of you know what I know is wrong. And you know, I, I'm paraphrasing, but basically he says that you know Galen is the one who gave him the courage. So how cool would it be to see, you know, a young Sabine you know, being given a pep talk by Galen, uh, that would just be so cool. Yeah. 
I think that would be awesome. And I think that would really, you know, pull the story together even more. And like what we were saying, we enjoy Rebels because it ties everything together so well. And that would be awesome to see because I think I was a little shocked at first whenever they decided to announce that they were going to bring Saul into Rogue One. I was like, wow, that's a pretty big leap. They're bringing this this character from an animated show Mm-hmm. into a live action movie and he was a pretty big character you know he like he was important to the story so it would be cool if they used more of these animated characters to make an impact on the movie and the story behind um the films so and i have to say that's one thing that i really think um has been a huge plus since disney took over is that mm. Everything flows together so well. All the books that come out go with a certain timeline or they fit in a certain gap or, you know, the comic series aren't just like totally out in left field. Like they go with a specific time period and answer the questions that we've had or introduce characters that bring up new topics that we've never thought about before. And I think that's really cool because I felt like before Disney took over, a lot of the books that came out were just... There was like no method to the madness, you know, they just, yeah. they explained a lot of things, but they were out of order and, you know, they may not have added a whole lot to the movies. And that's what I like about the fact that Disney is, you know, calling some of the shots now is like everything fits together so perfectly. Yeah. And it feels like Disney, um, you know, maybe didn't even have as much influence on that as Kathleen Kennedy. Right. Um, Cause it does really seem like. The, the story group that she kind of put together, um, even I think some of them were put together even before George left. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that story group that really uh, is driving, you know, everything has just been so much more connective. And I, you know, like I said earlier, I really do like the EU. Like I read all the books. I was really into it. Um, but there was definitely times where you would read a book and you just kind of roll your eyes and go. That doesn't make any sense. You right. know, that doesn't seem to fit um, with what it is. And then you'd watch Clone Wars and there'd be characters that died in the EU, but they'd be alive in Clone Wars. And you'd go, what is going on? And I think George always really viewed the books as kind of their own separate thing. And George really wasn't concerned with continuity. I mean, uh, George grew up a huge comic book fan. Uh, reading a lot of comic books and in comic books, it really doesn't have to be continuity. Mm-hmm. You know, you can write a story where a character dies and then six weeks later you can write a story where he's alive and they don't really care. And I right. think that's kind of how George saw it. it was like, I'm telling stories and if we can have references, that's cool. But generally I'm not going to be beholden to, to anything that comes from a book or a comic. Um, but now I feel like Pablo and Matt and rain and those people, uh, Leland, they're, they're, they're really trying to, to make this one unified story. So you're right. I really do appreciate that. Yeah. It helps, you know, it, it, it like makes me so proud to be a star Wars fan. I feel like, cause everything is so well thought out and it, it really touches upon everything in star Wars. Like I think the prequels could be a little mm-hmm. more addressed now. I feel like the prequels are getting a little forgotten, but they are making some references to it and they are adding a lot more to the story than they ever have before. And I really like that. So a lot of people ask me, um, people that aren't really big star Wars fans that they, but they know that Disney purchased Lucasfilm. They're like, Oh, what do you think about Disney and all that? I'm like, I love it. Like, I think all the decisions they've made have been great. And I love the force awakens. I love rogue one. 
Um, Rebels has been great. Like, they've made some really solid decisions. And I wonder, I want to know, like, if they're planning on releasing any more TV shows. I think it would be really awesome one day to see a live-action Star Wars television show. Like... Yeah, I think that's going to happen. Like, I just don't see any area where that's not going to happen. Um, I think they're going to have a live-action show. I really, really would not be surprised if there's an animated show soon that follows Finn and Ray and Poe. Oh, that would be uh, cool. That would not surprise me in the least. Right. Uh, because they're trying to, to kind of drive that adventure. What I would love to see is this animated series that follows Luke and Han and Leia after Return of the Jedi. Me too. But Me too. Um, there's a lot whether of or not that'll there. happen. There is. There's a ton. I don't know if that'll happen, but I, I would say pretty confidently you gotta think there's gonna be a Force Awakens era show yeah. pretty soon because they're gonna want to get those characters out there. Um, they're gonna want to drive that and uh, they're gonna want to kind of create some of that connective tissue there. Uh, between those things so yeah i would say that that's that's probably gonna happen i feel like something has got to be in the works because i've noticed that uh they hired a new writer jen miro to write it's got to be a star wars show you know she's writing something for star wars and and dave filoni is still involved with rebels but he's no longer the supervising director and i'm like yeah. I, I wonder if he's working on a new show with this writer you know like what's going on here so yeah that would not surprise me i think it would make sense for them to do a force awakens era cartoon um that's gonna you know follow the adventures of poe dameron and finn and and ray but probably you know have a more help us to have a deeper understanding of what's happening with politics i would say my biggest criticism of The Force Awakens was that they just talked about things without giving any kind of explanation. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, I legitimately, the first time I saw the movie, did not know, was that Coruscant they blew up? Like, right. I didn't understand. I had to go back and get the visual guide and read, oh, okay, it was Hosey and Prime and, and, and kind of understand all that. But, like, they didn't explain it. They did a lot better with Rogue One giving us the title cards, which was nice uh, for most of the planets, except for uh, Mustafar. But, um, you know, uh, I think having that cartoon show to fill in some of the what happened there uh, thing is going to be good. You mentioned, too, that they've, they've kind of got away from the prequels. Um, I would say that's probably a concerted effort in marketing from mm -hmm. Disney uh, because, you know, the quote-unquote general population believes that the prequels suck right. and that nobody likes them. Uh, I don't think that's true. And I think that they know in their fan base for rebels, which is hardcore fans and kids that hardcore fans and kids like the prequels. Mm -hmm. uh, but you'll notice that nobody ever called rogue one a prequel, but it is right. And so, uh, one of my favorite things to do now is when people say they hate the prequels, I'm like, oh, did you like Rogue One? Yeah. And they'll be like, yeah. I'll be like, oh, well, that was a prequel. So, I've seen a few obviously. jabs at that, which is pretty funny. Yeah. I noticed that uh, pretty soon after the movie premiered, I saw a couple people just joking about it, you know. But I think you're right. I mean, it's obvious that the general population doesn't care as much for the prequels as, you know, people who live and breathe Star Wars on a daily basis. Sure. You know, we can appreciate them for what they are. Some people love them completely. Some people are okay with them. Some people don't like them. You know, whatever your preference is, it's fine. I just, I think it would be cool, especially in like uh, the video game aspect, if they would, if they would address the prequels a little bit more. 
That's one thing I really right. miss in Battlefront. So I don't really, I don't really need that in like the movies or the shows, but in like the extra material, like books and video games and stuff. I think it would be cool if they, you know, went back to including the prequels and more things just to keep it one solid universe and not just like post Clone Wars universe. You know, like. Well, I really like the prequels. I think there's stuff in the prequels that people, you know, didn't really understand. I, I went to a panel at one of the celebrations that was like a prequel appreciation panel. I don't know if you remember that. They had it, I think, in Orlando. Mm. And uh, one of the things that was really funny in there, Kyle Newman, uh, who directed Fanboys, uh, basically he said, you know, three out of the six at the time, uh, movies in Star Wars are prequels. So if you don't like the prequels, you don't like 50% of Star Wars. Uh, and right. that's an F, you know, in, right. in class, right? Uh, so you fail as a Star Wars fan, you know, <laughs> if you don't, if you don't like it. Um, awesome. But you know, I'd like to see more of that kind of integrated. And um, you know, I, I have some weird thoughts on the prequels that are maybe even different than most people. Like I, I like Attack of the Clones. That's my favorite prequel movie. That's my least favorite. <laughs> uh, it's almost everyone else's least favorite, but that's it is funny. my favorite. Um, I really like Attack of the Clones. I love um, all of the stuff on Geonosis. I really love the the um, scene at the beginning with Obi Wan and jumping on the droid and chasing after Zam Wessel. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I like Dexter Jexter. Like I just, I love that movie. It's so funny because everyone I tell that to looks at me like I'm crazy, but that's my favorite of the prequel movies. Uh, followed by Phantom Menace, and my least favorite Star Wars movie of all time is Revenge of the Sith. Really? Uh, yes, I hate that movie. Wow. I mean, I don't hate it, but like compared to all the rest of them, I do not enjoy that movie at all. That is shocking. Uh, yeah. So wow. there you go. Some some uh, edge hot take there from Josh. <laughs> Lee. Um, but yeah, I don't like Revenge of the Sith. I I I felt like the acting at the beginning of that movie is really terrible. There's one scene in particular where they're standing out on a balcony with Anakin and Padme and it zooms in on uh, Padme and I don't know if it's the lighting or or what it is. It looks so bad. Yeah. Uh, It's really bad. (laughs) Um, I don't really enjoy General Grievous as a character. Uh, I think he he feels like a MacGuffin. Like he feels like just a plot that they felt like they had to have a plot. Yeah. Uh, So they put him in there and other than the epic scene at the end, the movie ends on a sour note. I mean, the movie, you know, it's terrible. I, I don't know. I don't really like Revenge of the Sith. I, people love it. But I think whenever I ask somebody why they like Revenge of the Sith, it's always just because they like the lightsaber fight. Yeah. Uh, so I just tell them, well, why don't you just watch that part? Like, <laughs> watch watch, watch the Phantom Menace, watch Attack of the Clothes, and just watch the lightsaber fight. Because really, literally, nothing, none of the rest of the movie matters. Like. That makes sense. Yeah. And Uh, it's interesting because I I agree with the acting thing. Like, you know, acting's a little stale. I think I like it a lot because I like all the different planets we get to see, especially during Order 66. Like, I like that a lot. I like all the different Jedi we get to see during Order 66 and obviously the clones. Um, In Attack of the Clones, I love Zam Wessel. And that is a character I wish we could know more about. Like, it would be cool if they would do a comic series on her, like a full you know, new comic series or even a video game about her, you know, like, who is she? Where did she come from? Who was she trained by? Like, I want to know more about her. And that's what I wish they would address now that Disney has taken over. It would be cool if they would go back and maybe expand upon some of the little gems that we got in the prequels, but we don't really know a whole lot about. 
Yeah, and that's, you know, like I said, um, again, controversial. Attack of the Clones is my favorite prequel. But I think that that movie does a really good job of having a kind of a beginning and a middle and an end to Padme and Anakin's story. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, people think of it like when I talk to people, they're like, oh, it's the mushy love story movie. But, man, most of that movie is not that. You, ha- you know, you yeah. have the, the speeder chase, the speeder chase at the beginning, and then you have the war at the end. So it's really not um, this love story that everyone kind of makes it out to be. That's just the middle act. But you- um have you read the novelization of yeah. Attack of the I love that book. Like mm-hmm. that book it's adds really good. so much to the movie from Padme's perspective and I wish they would show that in the movie because I think it would make it so much more well-rounded because I feel mm-hmm. like in the book they talk about how much she's really into him. And in the movie yeah. it just seems like she's creeped out by him and he's the one that's into her, but it's like no, it's a totally equal thing. But to me in the movie I just feel like they really lacked on showing that part of her that, you know, showed interest in him. <laughs> so, so basically what you're saying is attack of the clones, uh, you know, promoted creeperism. Yeah, you know? basically. <laughs> like if, you just creep, if you just creep on this girl long enough, she'll eventually she'll relent. Yeah. 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 And then yeah. you'll get to that's choke totally, her to death and, you know, yeah. Hunt her babies. That's totally, <laughs> that's totally a great message and great star Wars dating Yay, advice. Star Wars. Um, <laughs> Uh, everybody loves a creeper, right? Um, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, no, it's kind of a funny thing because when you look at it, the story drives so much in that movie. It's that middle act, um, and I enjoy the, the Phantom Menace for a lot of reasons. But but really, like I said, with the Revenge of the Sith, I feel like you could take seventy percent of that movie out and not even notice that it wasn't there. Yeah, I can see. You that. know, and that's. And that's where I'm kind of like, ah, eh, the fight's cool, I guess, like at the end. But when I go to watch Star Wars, you know, which I do often, um, <laughs> that's probably the one I'm least excited to pop in. Yeah. I, I mean, I like, I, I, I want to go back too because I think a minute ago I said I hate that movie. That's not really a uh, fair thing to say. I don't, I don't. It's hate just it. your least favorite. Uh, it's just my least favorite. That's when totally it, understandable. You know, in perspective of uh, of the rest of them. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. So yeah, I'd like to see more prequel love. Um, and I like that it comes into the Rebels a little bit and you get some clones and you get some of that, you know, fun stuff there. Isn't it great to be a Star Wars fan? It really is. Like, it's super fun. There's so much uh, stuff now that we can be excited about. And I became a Star Wars fan when I feel like new stuff was just starting to come out. I never got to experience, like, the Dark Ages, as they called them, you know? <laughs> like, I grew up watching the prequels. <laughs> yeah. I grew up watching yeah. the prequels and watching the micro series of the Clone Wars, which is my favorite thing in the whole universe. Like, I love that show. Um, mm. And then, you know, we got the animated Clone Wars. So I never got to experience what it was like to be around never having a lot of Star Wars. But now it's like it, there's almost too much Star Wars. Like, I can't keep up with these books. I know. I feel the same way. You know, it's kind of funny. Um you the first so for for the Force Awakens, you know, I brought a, a huge group of friends. We we rented out. I mean, we didn't rent out a whole theater, but we might as well have. Um, <laughs> you know, we we packed out this theater, and it was this really cool time, and it was this really cool moment. And I'll never forget, you know, like seeing Han die and just like being in shock and and just all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Hope that's not a spoiler. I imagine people have uh, no. seen the if movie. If they're but, listening to this show, uh, I'm sure they've seen <laughs> the Force Awakens. If you haven't, true. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Han dies. But anyway, um, so yeah, so that happens. And then, um, like, it was this cool experience. So for Rogue One, 
I wanted to kind of do the opposite. And so um, I just brought a really small group of like four people. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of them was my wife. The other is our friend. We both know Troy. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, so me and Troy and and Mary, my wife, and and we went and saw it. And um, it's such a funny thing to to try to describe, but I almost felt like guilty. Like I wasn't supposed to be getting another movie. Like, Like almost like your peak. Yeah, it was just a weird feeling. Like the whole day. Because I was so excited for Force Awakens, and then going into Rogue One, I was kind of like, "This doesn't feel right. Like I should have to wait two more years. Like yeah. uh, I shouldn't be getting one this quickly." Um, and so it was a weird feeling. Like it was like the kid who peeks at the Christmas presents. Yeah. You know, it's like, "Oh, this is crazy." Um, and it's honestly been overwhelming to me uh, the amount of content coming out, and that I mean, I, I appreciate that people are talking about Star Wars every day on Twitter and, you know, Insta twit face, tumble snap, whatever. Uh, <laughs> like I, I appreciate that. Um, but at the same time it, to me, and you could tell me if I'm, if I'm on base off base on this, but to me, it almost seems like it's starting not yet, but it's starting to take away some of the specialness for me because some part of the specialness for me was that it happened not every day and it was a big event when it did happen and you know um there was anticipation during the week of hey there's gonna be a new clone wars episode and then you know friday night would hit and it was like the highlight of the week now i feel like there's so much coming at me that i can't even process it and it's almost too much i don't how do you feel about that um I can I can totally see where you're coming from, and I I don't think I've really experienced that yet, uh, because I still like every Wednesday I look forward to watching the Star Wars show, and then every Saturday I look forward to watching Rebels, and then you know every year we have a Star Wars movie, and it was really weird for me going into Rogue One as well because I was not on the level of excitement as I was for the Force Awakens because with the Force Awakens we had been waiting so long for this movie and you had all this time to hype it up. And with Rogue One, like you said, it was just kind of like, oh, we get another one already? Like, Yeah, okay. it didn't feel right. <laughs> but afterwards, I was like, this is amazing. Like, I can't believe they made this movie in the amount of time that they did and it was so great. Um, so I'm okay with it. And I think the thing that I really like about Star Wars being everywhere right now and being talked about so much is that Like, I've made so many new friends, and whenever I was first getting into Star Wars, like, right when I was getting into the Clone Wars, when we met, I didn't have a lot of friends that were my age that were Star Wars fans. They were all a little bit older, or they may have been, like, my parents' age, and, you know, they saw the first Star Wars when it came out in 1977, but now it's, like, so cool for me to meet people that are my age and they love Star Wars as much as I do. And it's not like, oh, yeah, my parents are into that. They're like, no, I love Star Wars. Like, I grew up with it. And it's really cool to see that. Um, because, like, when I was growing up, it was kind of a phase for some kids. Like, they went through a Star Wars phase and they watched the prequels and then they didn't do anything else about it. They didn't watch Clone Wars. They didn't really get into the extra things that went along with it. And now it's like there's so many people that are into battlefront and the books and the movies and everything it's like so cool to me that i meet people almost on a daily basis that are into the same things that i'm into so i think if if everybody was just kind of like a casual fan and just digested the movies and moved on and went about their day i think it would kind of take away the specialness for me 
but knowing that there's so many people out there that appreciate it the same way I do makes me really happy because then I'm like excited for new stuff to come out because then I'm excited to talk to those people about the new content that just came out like the Star Wars show or you know the new Rebels episode like one of my friends texted me last night and we don't text every day it's just like maybe once a month kind of a thing and all she sent me was are you caught up yet? And I immediately knew she was talking about Rebels. And then we immediately started talking about it. And I was like, that's such a cool feeling when you can do that. So I haven't had the specialness taken away. The only thing that I feel like isn't special is going to Disney and seeing Star Wars stuff constantly. Like you yeah, and I, yeah. you and I went to Star Wars weekends for so long that 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 was like the highlight of every year. And I remember my brother and I would just get so stoked up for that every year, months in advance. And now it's like you go to the Hollywood studios and you go to Launch Bay and you see, you know, Chewbacca and you meet Kylo Ren and you see the the parade with Captain Phasma. And then you go watch Jedi Training Academy and you eat Darth Vader waffles at the Backlot Tour. And then you go ride Star Tours and it's like every day. Yeah, totally. We were at um, Epcot yesterday. And uh, they're doing the Festival of Arts there mm -hmm. at the Epcot. And uh, so we were walking around the lake and they had a huge tent uh, full of Star Wars art. And it was uh, Acme uh, Archives was oh, there. Cool. And I was like, that's cool. But like, I've seen all this before. You know, yeah, it's just like it's it in felt, Launch Bay. <laughs> yeah, because it's in Launch Bay. It just, you know, yeah, you're right. The specialness of going to Disney and, you know, Star Wars weekends was a big big part of my life even for when i was younger um in fact i was just telling my wife this yesterday we were talking about um you know i think it was probably my 13th birthday mm -hmm. um my dad woke me up at four in the morning and said hey we're going to disney world today it's star wars weekends and uh i had never even heard of that like that wasn't a thing yet and so it was either the first or the second ever star wars weekends and we went up to, uh, you know, MGM at the time and did Star Wars Weekends. And that was like the special memory that I have of remembering doing that. And so I'm so used to the annual, you know, trek up there to, to do that, that it is really weird not having the Star Wars Weekends uh, experience anymore to enjoy. But um, I do enjoy the celebrations and I enjoy the community online. I do think that that's one of the fun parts of of being a star Wars fan is sharing it with other people and talking about it. But, um, I guess what I'm just trying to say is I just, I, I like the anticipation. Like I enjoy the anticipation of the yeah. force awakens and then it paid off, you know? Uh, and it just felt like I wasn't even really done with the force awakens yet. And then we were going right back into another movie. Yeah. And so that was just the weird feeling. Yeah. I'm glad they kind of held off with the rogue one trailers though. I, I, they started dropping teasers for Force Awakens early, and they didn't yeah. really do that with Rogue One. So I'm glad they did give us that time to really digest the Force Awakens before they started hitting us with Rogue One stuff. Because um, I think Rogue One stuff started hitting over the summer, if I yeah. am correct. And I think, yeah, the first major trailer was that celebration, wasn't it? I think so. I think mm -hmm. so. And that was a good amount of time that was like six or seven months that they gave us and i think it would have been a lot weirder if it was like march and they were like okay here's a teaser for rogue one like that would be really weird um i like it yeah though. and i imagine it just that's makes me happy i, I imagine yeah i imagine that's what they're going to do with episode eight too right. um I, w I would imagine we're going to see the first trailer in orlando oh i'm sure for that 
And sure. uh, probably, I would think though, pretty soon here we should get a, a title reveal. I hope so. I'm excited I, to see. What I would they think drop. in the next in the next six weeks or so. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to see what they drop at Celebration. I hope they also do another costume exhibit because I really enjoyed mm -hmm. the one that they did for The Force Awakens and the one that they did for Rogue One. And that's one other thing that I like is Celebration is a constant thing now. You know, we don't have to wait a few years for it. It's once a year. And, you know, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, the U.S. ones are, are every other year. But, yeah, yeah. Um... They've been gone. I don't know if they're going to go back to Europe in, in 2018 or what. Yeah. But I hope they go to uh, California just for the sake of cost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It can be pricey. Yeah. Um, yeah, I enjoy going out to California. That's a fun a fun trip. Uh, but yeah, great. yeah, I love Celebration. I'm really excited for Orlando. This is going to be the first one that my wife goes to. Oh, so, that's yeah. exciting. I don't know if I told you that yet. No. Um, yeah, so Mary's going to come, and we got a hotel uh, for the whole week, and so we're really – I'm excited to bring her and, and nice. share that with her. I remember yeah. when she went to Star Wars Weekends for the first time. Yeah, yeah. That was so uh, cool. Yeah, she's uh, she's a reluctant fan. She's she's come a long way. Uh, she just was telling me yesterday, she saw a, uh, a picture, a print at Acme of Poe Dameron, and she Aww. was freaking out, geeking out, and That's telling me so that Poe is, po is her favorite. Uh, so she's really excited about that. And she was like, do you think that he'll be at Celebration and he'll sign this for me? I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but, Probably you know, not. <laughs> I appreciate your enthusiasm. Oh, That's um, so cute. So she was excited about that. And she um, is really excited. We collect, and, and you do too, I know. Uh, we collect the itty-bitties, the Hallmark yes. itty-bitties. Um yes. And uh, my wife uh, works at Hallmark, so that's been kind of a fun thing that mm -hmm. we've been doing. And uh, we just got the uh, the Admiral Akbar one a couple of oh, days ago. Oh, it's out. Uh, well, not for everyone, okay. but I bet I, I for, bet we could, we people. we could probably hook you up. I but, just uh, got um, the Phasma and Poe Dameron one, and then I, I yeah. gotta get Akbar, and then they're coming out with Sabine and Ahsoka this year. Yes. Yeah, I saw well, those. I think yeah, they're coming out with a bunch, but I gotta have yeah, those. Sometimes, too. sometimes they find their way into my house before they're available, but we'll see what we can do. Interesting. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so we collect the itty bitties, so we've got a cool collection of that going. So it's been kind of fun because before we got uh, we started dating, my wife had never seen Star Wars, so we uh, you know she's kind of been growing into the fandom. So her favorite uh, movie is A New Hope, mm -hmm. which is great because that's my favorite. So. Nice. We uh, we watched that, and uh, so yeah, she's been kind of growing into that, uh, so that's been cool. I remember whenever you got her a dress from her universe at Star Wars Weekends, mm. and yeah. I think around that time, I, she may have been watching Star Wars for the first time. I think you had updated me on which one she had watched, um, uh -huh. and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, you know what's funny? She's wearing that dress today, actually. Just that's so coincidentally. cool. But uh, and she's got her uh, her little lightsaber earrings on today as well. What an awesome but uh, yeah, so she's totally into it. We actually have a, a whole room at our house that's we call it the Star Wars room, and uh, so everything. Well, you know, I would say it's it's ninety percent Star Wars um, on the walls, and there's black series figures and itty bitties, and uh, then there's like a, a Back to the Future poster as well. Oh, okay, and then that's acceptable. There's a uh, uh, Indiana Jones autograph. Oh, super uh, acceptable. 
Yes, I know you like the, oh, the indie. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen this uh, autograph I have from Harrison. I'll have to send you a picture of it. Please do. Uh, it's I really will cool. Probably break into your house <laughs> for the itty bitties yeah. and that. <laughs> so you might it, not yeah. want to send that picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, so she's been really cool about it. Like she lets me have this uh, Star Wars room, and she uh, she paints like uh, she's really artsy. So she. She painted C-3PO and R2-D2 on the wall in here and stuff. So, well, And she makes cakes. And I saw one time she made Star Wars cupcakes. Yeah, yeah. So that's her, her other thing. She works at Hallmark and then she has her own company doing wedding cakes and event event planning and stuff. So if you're and in South so, Florida and you need someone that makes an awesome cake, I can yeah, pick cup, you up. Yeah, cupcakesbymary.com. Uh, shameless plug yeah, uh, but it. yeah cupcakesbymary.com but yeah she makes um, cupcakes so yeah she's done some Star Wars ones and then uh, we went to Europe this summer and we were in Paris and we found a Star Wars store in Paris I went um, to that store yeah yeah we talked about it I yeah. think I told you guys to check that out yeah, yeah. so uh, we went to the Star Wars store and she found Star Wars shaped cake pans which we'd <gasps> never seen and that so like awesome. she has yeah, so she has a stormtrooper cake pan that when you bake the cake, it comes out in this perfect shape of a stormtrooper helmet. That's so uh, cool. Yeah, so it's oh kind of fun. Gosh. So she makes some cool stuff. I'm just gonna commission her to make me a cake one day for no reason, just to literally sit down and eat it. Like she'll not do even it for my birthday. Yeah. I'll be like, I just want a cake. You have to come down. Uh, you have to come down, and we'll make a cake and watch uh, Star Wars and hang out in the Star Wars room and eat it. I'm so, so down. We'll do like a whole marathon. Yeah, for sure. We'll have 10 cakes. <laughs> a hey, cake for every one, movie. One, one for every movie, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and a cupcake for every episode of uh, Clone Wars. So we'll be, be super so fat at the sick. end of it. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it's been super fun having you on my show. Thanks for joining me and yeah, thanks for having about me. all things Star Wars. I love how we started off with Rebels and it's just like, everything Star Wars we need to talk about. <laughs> it's my favorite. Yeah. I call that geeking out loud. Like just, you know, just happens. But this is what, um, this is what our conversations are like in person usually. So yeah, pretty uh, much. Like, it just, <laughs> just go that's all the best the place. part about talking about star Wars is you can talk about it literally forever. For sure. Cause there's so much cool. Well, thanks for being on the show. Um, for all my listeners out there, this show is now on iTunes. A lot of you have been asking me mm-hmm. if the podcast can get on iTunes soon, and now it is available on iTunes. So go check that out if you're not already on there. You can get it from your podcast app through the Apple Store. And I wanted to thank everybody who subscribes $5 a month or more on my Patreon channel. Those people are Kristen, Joanna, Sherry, Aaron, Freling, Brian, Jamie, Mike, Enrique, and Anthony. Thank you all so much for supporting me and supporting this show. If you want to check out my Patreon, it's just patreon.com slash thedorkydiva. And I hope all of you have an awesome new year or have had an awesome new year. And I'll be back next month to talk about Star Wars books with my friend Brian. See you next month. And may the force be with you.